What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 89. I'm your host, Greg, and I'm here tonight with Ryan and Tyler. How are both of you guys doing today? What, what, two in a row? Beating, those are the two teams, well, aside from Boston, those are the two teams that I want to see the Wings beat every single time that they play them. I hate both of those teams almost as equally. I fucking hate Tampa, and we don't even get me started with the Chicago Blackhawks. Ryan Fuck knows. Chicago. So those are the two two times that it's actually appropriate. That and Boston are the times that it's really appropriate to win. To me, that was fucking huge. Yeah, I mean, to, to recap, if you live under a rock, Detroit's under in a two-game win streak as of this podcast recording, beating the Chicago Fuckhawks and the Tampa Bay Lightning. But uh, and it's fantastic. We're actually happy coming into an episode, not just all grim, bare depression. Because, believe it or not, I think I just posted it, the Wings have allowed four or more goals in 43 games. For the first time this season, they won one of those games. Yeah, and it's two teams. I mean, you, you kind of maybe expect to beat the Blackhawks, but you really, really don't expect to beat the Lightning, considering we haven't, no, not at all. We haven't beat the Lightning. Uh, well, now we have, but uh, this is the first time we have beat them in the regular season since November of 2015 so 17 16 oh. straight games that we had lost to them in the regular season yeah and That's bad now really bad now we need to kind of give a little bit of background because tampa was coming off an extremely physical game against boston the day before a night so, game they had to get so to detroit what? there was the time change so they lost an hour and Wait, where that was the from time boston? That was the time change oh, over the weekend. That's yeah. right, Saturday to Sunday. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. So we had the time change. So they lost another hour of sleep there and, yes. and getting back to game shape. So they're most likely extremely tired uh, okay. and beat up because of that Boston care. game. But that, I'll well, take the done. win. And the other reason that, that, <laughs> that we're happy about it is because it doesn't matter how many more games that we win, because I'm pretty sure we have completely secured last place. Oh, yeah. I don't so, think there's any way, that even if the Wings won every single game, that they would jump out of last place, is there? Well, maybe in that case. but I, I think there is. I, I think yeah. we maybe have two or three more losses before we have completely secured last place. But it, it, there's no way we're, we're moving any spots. So we could win out the rest of the season and probably still be in last, which is fine. Because, I mean, we've secured our 18% chance of, of getting the first overall pick. But we've also secured our fifty percent chance of getting the fourth pick. So yeah, yeah. I was going to get two of them in the top four. No, they're not. Stop it. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Hopefully, because we won two in a row, and I've never seen. Well, I shouldn't say I've never seen the fan base so happy, but I've never seen the fan base this season so ecstatic and excited for multiple wins, other than the first four games of the season when they started three and one. How about these fucking fans this season? They come out in absolute droves to see the terrible team. And you know something? Oh, it's beautiful. The players see it. Di- dial it back. I wouldn't say droves. There are still plenty well, of empty seats. Force. There, yes, you can see the empty seats. However, that LCA, you can't tell me that Friday night in late Sunday afternoon, that place wasn't rocking. Oh, well, the it fans that are there are electric, of course. I mean, oh, you're yeah. you're winning a game that you don't expect to win against what some people who believe we still have rivals would call a rival. 
Uh, Chicago's never going to not be a rival. They're no, forever going to be. The Red Wings rivals. don't have any rivals. I mean, that you have to be good uh, to have rivals. No, but you don't. You don't have to be you, good. Look at the Lions and the Packers. If the Lions you get have sucked forever, but if and you the get, are always the rival. But if you get your ass kicked on a consistent basis, where some people are saying Tampa, Semantics. some Semantics. people are saying Tampa's our rival. Tampa's not our rival. We haven't no, beat them in the regular season since 2015. They're not our rival. If anything, they're big brother, right? Oh, don't go there. You're going to upset people. Because they stole Steve Eiserman from us, and then he went there, and he took them to the playoffs for consistent years, and then they just kicked our ass every year until now because we beat them luckily in a game, and we took their general manager, and their general manager apparently went to the Chiarelli School of General Managing. So I... It's it's kind of the tables have turned, but it, the other part that's funny is just watching the fan base of the team that we beat just implode. Destroy themselves. It, that's the funniest part is like, you lost to the Red Wings. I can't believe you lost to the Red Wings. It's like, yeah, we can't believe you lost to us either. That's kind of embarrassing. It's the greatest thing ever. And I'm just going to prop out the tweet that I pushed, posted, how happy the fans are about just, again, winning. Like that overtime, they're the the shootout winner against Tampa, and just the standard reaction is it's hockey town. We love our Red Wings. Yeah, but yep. I I think I think what's come with it though is a bit of delirium uh, in the fan base too. Uh, so you win a couple games, and then the, the Red Wings. I'll, I'll allow it. I I'll allow it to a point. There are people saying Bernier for Vesna. Uh, I in no way agree with that, but. There are also people that so the Red Wings just re-signed Alex Viega to a one-year contract at league minimum, but there are people there are people making it sound like Alex Viega deserves Norris votes. They're like Viega, I love him. He's the hardest working guy out there. He's super great at skating and he's awesome at the back check and he's a very good defender. And Please. I'm like Alex Biega. I haven't seen that, but I wouldn't be surprised. They, I hate to say, it, but Alex Biega should barely be in the NHL. Exactly. Well, he is. That's why he was signed to the contract that he was. I'm like, guys, they said, and then someone else was saying, oh, he took a hometown discount because he said he wanted to be here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, no, I don't think anyone would give him over league minimum. So it's, we signed him for a year because we we need depth. A depth defenseman, just in and on the team when it's fully built out. So, say in two years when Cider's on the team and hopefully McIsaac's on the team, he would maybe be your seventh defenseman. He'd play the Jonathan Erickson role in two years. Just not that bad. So, yeah, just not that bad. But he's he's nothing. Um, he's not amazing. I mean, he's yeah, a no. He, he fills a need, like I said. The he, best word to describe him is serviceable. He's a serviceable defenseman. Exactly what you would expect. He is going to be your seventh D because you know darn well that Stevie's going to work his magic and bring in somebody this offseason. No more than one, I would assume. Well, yeah, after that abysmal (laughs) after that abysmal appearance by uh, Madison Bowie. Uh, He he is so confusing. And it kind of goes back to last season, too. Like there are some games where he you just see him out there and you're like, holy shit, this kid can play. And then all of a sudden he has how, how he did the other night where he's just like, we're, that's, is it Trevor Daly 2.0 right now? Yeah, he played the role of Helen Keller against the yeah. against Tampa. I've come I, to a conclusion that they should trade Madison Bowie. 
for what? For, for what? what? Yeah. I don't know. What does it matter at this point? Just Another pick. Here. It, I don't think. It, it, I don't it, think it, he's go- it matters because he's, he's controllable. He's an RFA. Yeah. I think he. I think he's going to be your deep pairing again because. So what? Bring up another kid. But why? Who? Who? Yeah. And why at not? this point in the year, why? Who? No, not now. Not, I, I mean, for next year. But Chalowski in that spot. Oh, yeah, but, but see, no, Chil- the thing is, is Chalowski grades out as a higher pairing defenseman. And what happens is when you plug him on a garbage role, he's playing garbage minutes with garbage people. So that doesn't really help his development. No, and they're also. I don't think that we're going to see guys that we want to see this season. No. No, no, next year, I mean. Point being, this year, this year, that ship has sailed, I think. I don't think I've ever heard a GM reiterate over and over the focus of an AHL squad and how he, they need them to do well. Yeah, to the point where I'm pretty sure we're not going to see either Cider or Valeno uh, in the NHL this season because I'm okay with that because yeah, Grand Rapids. Uh, well, I think yeah. they need them to stay in it. That's the thing. So they need chill out or they need cider the and they need Valeno to get him in. Yeah, he he's back in the lineup. Yep, uh, last game I believe. Was he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's Saturday night, I believe it was. Yeah, it was a Friday. Friday night. Friday night. Yeah, so I don't I, think I, I, wasn't, we'll, I wasn't paying attention, so I, I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't think we will see either of them. Uh, if Grand Rapids trajectory keeps going the way it's going and these games are tight and the standings are tight, I don't think we're going to see either of them uh, get any games this right season. I thought they Last were... I saw they were in third. I don't. I haven't... I thought they were tied for third. I'm glad we got to see Gustav Lindstrom this year. He's been really good. Uh, he's been sound. He's been, yeah. I mean, he's been a good defenseman. Uh, he had a pretty good shot against Tampa. A couple good shots on that, but he's been pretty defensively sound, and he looks like what's going to be a, th- a third pairing, a fourth pairing D-man, which is kind of what you need as a depth defenseman that's not completely garbage. Grand Rapids is still in third in the division right now. Yeah, yeah, so, he has a much better shot than I thought he did too. Well, when when he gets the puck, but yeah, but I, yeah, Grand Rapids being in third, they're going to need Valeno and they're going to need Cider to keep competing. Yeah, uh, because, they're barely in third. Yeah, because uh, Valeno is the their second, if not their best center. Um, pretty close with Rasmussen, and Cider is far and away their best defenseman. So they need both of them to to probably make the playoffs at this point. And and yeah, that's that's what's going to well, happen. Yeah, they're, so they they have sixty three points. Chicago is sixty two. Rockford has sixty two. San Antonio is sixty. And then you have Texas with 59 and Manitoba with 55. Are they all tied in games played? Uh, Grand Rapids has got a game up on uh, the team behind them. Yeah, see, that's not a safe space. No, No. it's not. No, The win win Saturday night, though, Pickard had a 3-0 shutout. That put them back into sole possession at third. Was that Pickard or was that Nagel? Yep. No, it's 35 safe shutout for Pickard. Yeah, it was Pickard, yeah. I saw that on the AHL's Instagram earlier. Uh, what was it, Saturday or whatever? Well, then the team in front of them has 82 points, so there's no chance they're catching them. So if they're yeah. going to make the playoffs, they have to sit in that third spot. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but they've gotten, I mean, the way they started their year with their goaltending situation, like Larson not performing well and getting sent to the uh, ECHL, but then calling up Pat Nagel. And Pat Nagel, who's a journeyman goalie, he played in the ECHL for a long time. It's his, I believe, second time with the Griffins, and he's just been a killer goaltender for them too. 
So they're getting really good goaltending. Their uh, their offense is picking it up now. Cider's back, so their defense will pick it up. And hopefully they get in because, like I said on, on a couple podcasts ago, playoff experience is playoff experience. Mm-hmm. And if you get Cider into the AHL and in his first year he's getting playoff experience, that's really valuable going into what we assume will be his first uh, NHL season next season. Yeah, I mean, it's really all you can ask for for all these guys because, I mean, you think about it, by my count, looking at the Griffins roster, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, for sure, that are trying to play their way into the Red Wings roster next season, not including Zadina, who's obviously not going anywhere. No, yeah, he's going to be – he's staying on the team. So of those guys that I named, we got – Joe Hicketts is the fucking the wonder of the world at this point. He's the third leading scorer on this team. And it'll be but, interesting to see what happens with him because you almost have to trade him, right? I don't know. I don't I don't know what you do with with Hicketts at this point. But he, he shows what he can do at the AHL level. I think that at times he has shown that he can do that at the NHL level. He's a cannonball. Yeah, he's he's everywhere. I don't think he's given he's got he's kind of getting the raw end of the deal every time he's come up because I mean we'll look at this team in general. I have never been really too upset with him. I don't this year was kind of a struggle at times, but I still don't mind him. But guys that are playing for their life right now, Hiroshi, yeah, Svech, Sveshnikov, Turjan potentially. I think he is a, a do or die moment now for especially bottom pair minutes. Um, like fourth line, but by, by, is what I mean there. You got Valino, and then Rasmussen, who is I guarantee in Detroit next season. He's got 21 points through 34 games. Mo Sider, Giovanni Smith, I guarantee is in in the lineup next year. And then you got Chalowski. So there's a lot of names with potential knocking on the door and that's where this this roster for detroit really gets interesting next year that's why to me madison bowie is expendable i mean uh, yeah, any, yeah any for, of those for names, hickets and chalowski though yeah i think regardless of Bowie, you almost expect chalowski to make it anyways i think you should yeah but would you rather see i mean i i guess bowie has some upside but if joe hickets shows some of the upside that he has in the AHL up in the NHL, that's an upgrade over Bowie anyways, isn't it? Eh, potentially. I mean, you're still holding out the hope because the upgrade you get from Bowie is his length and yep. he still has that speed. So you've got that size with his length and the reach and the ability to get in front of guys. If he's not playing with his head up his ass. Yeah. Which I like guess he makes put things sense. together. Hickett Hickett struggles sense. to make up for that space. Right, which I guess makes sense in a way if he's trying to build the defense similar to, uh, you know, like a team like St. Louis or a team like Tampa where they're mm-hmm. like they're long. And I mean, that that cider pick tells you everything you should need to know. I mean, Chalowski's not a small guy. Bowie's not a small guy. Um, right. You know, Nemeth isn't. Lindstrom's he's not, not a small, a small man. guy either. Yeah, there's size there. But I mean, then you look at it that way. If you're taking it that path, though, wasn't. Uh, Regula, a large guy? Uh, I wouldn't say. I mean, he's bigger. I mean, he's not huge, but he's bigger, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, I don't know. You, you could take that a lot of ways, and it's pure speculation on any which way we take it. But I, I would not tend to disagree that Bowie could see, 
I could see it more of a two-way contract than a one-way. But I don't know. There's that one could go a lot of different ways. Yeah. I wonder if that's something he would take or not. I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, he would take a two-way. You're not going to say no to a two-way contract. You're also, again, he's a restricted free agent. I mean, is he worth it? A, a pay raise? I, I mean, maybe no. if he makes one point five. But again, you got to remember that he's 24, and look at how much freaking leash people wanted to give Athanasiu at 25. So yeah. you want to give Madison Bowie a little bit of leash? You want to get him in maybe him with him? But I don't think that he's been so bad that he's no, getting run out. Of- th- that's what I'm saying. He hasn't been terrible enough to just say, well, we need to get rid of Madison Bowie. I mean, do you give him an offseason to improve? You maybe give him a new coach with a new system next season. Steve, you'll tell him what he needs to maybe. work on, and, and he'll do it. But it's, uh, I mean, next season, going into next season, so the 2020-21 season, your only signed defensemen are Nemeth and Biega, uh, Lindstrom and Hronik, and DeKaiser. But DeKaiser's injured currently, so... He's dead. So... He'll be back. Cody well, yeah. Like as long the, as he stays healthy. Yeah, like we said, though, Cody Golubov, I don't see them getting back. I don't see them taking Erickson back at all, ever, or Trevor Daly. Uh, so that's three spots. I mean, with with Bowie on the roster... So you figure bring in cider that takes one of those spots and you've got two open. So yeah, I think Gullibuff was just a stopgap because of the situation. He knew that the team was going to be in AKA not in the playoffs. And the fact that he didn't want to put undue pressure on grand rapids by bringing guys up. He kind of hinted at that in the Pierre LeBron article today. Yeah. That was released. So I think I'll tell you uh, the other, the other move that I like too, and it, it obviously it hasn't been a lot of games. He hasn't played a lot, but, Dimitro Timoshov, I like that deal. The so Russian. Yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> Except he's Swedish, right? And Ukrainian. Ukraine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ukraine. Uh, me and Ryan talked about that on the last episode that, uh, yeah, Timoshov, and he, again, it's a shame he's that all they're over play- the place, man. He's dangling people. He has awesome puck control. It's a he's shame fast. they're playing him with Justin Applicator, but oh, yeah. someone's got to play with him, I guess. Unfortunately, I so, mean, have you have you noticed the wheels and like second drive that that kid has? Timoshov, he wants to play. That's he's the thing. Fun. He's all over the ice, and he's he's been getting. I mean, it might be just because of the shift change, but he's been out there on occasion with Larkin and Burt, and he has not looked out of place. No, I'll tell you what, Timoshov. I I tweeted this when it happened, and I stick to this. He's going to end up being Steve Eisenman's Paul Byron. You know how Montreal picked up Paul Byron on waivers from Calgary, like back in like 2015 or something like that. He ended up having like 27 goals or something. I have a feeling Dimashov is going to be a really good diamond in the rough. Wouldn't you say that would have been Robbie Fabry then? Yeah, but that was a trade for, I mean, barely. I mean, that was a heist actually. Yeah, that was a heist. But, uh, yeah, so going into the next season, when you're looking at the defense, it's probably going to be Hronik, Lindstrom, Biega, Nemeth, DeKaiser, Sider, Chalowski. And your 7D is probably going to be Biega. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's going into next season. You don't really need to sign any RFA defensemen or no, uh, no. UFA defensemen. Um or and that's without Bowie. So I mean, you could factor Bowie in. It's, it's some way. I wonder if they try and flex someone to the forward position. I don't know. I think. See, I think Madison Bowie would be a really good third, fourth line forward. 
Oh God, is he turning into freaking Sergey Fedorov? Brendan Smith 2.0. But oh, yeah. no, but yeah, Smith. <laughs> he so his big biggest lapses have been defensive lapses, but he has shown that he's got the, an offensive upside, an offensive game. Very true. I, I think he could flex to a, a forward if you if you needed him to. I mean, we're going to need to figure out our forward situation pretty soon because that's a whole another mess of RFAs. But I think that you've got some decisions to make on defense and, and what they're going to do should be really interesting. But I think the other thing I wanted to talk about tonight is just kind of in the last two games, how the top line of Larkin, Mantha, Bertuzzi has just found they're doing now what they did at the end of last season. Which, the start of this at the start of this season until Mantha's injury. I th- I think that now, again, given whatever Mantha's contract is going to be at the end of this uh, season, this summer, because he has to be re-signed. But if they can tell them, hey, Mantha, we're going to give you a, a five-year contract, but we need you to stop fighting because we need you to be healthy throughout this contract and not injured. And I think if they end this season, that top line, like they began the season and take it into next uh, next season, that I, they can go through the whole the whole season like that. I mean, it's hard to put in a contract, stop fighting, because if someone challenges you, you're not going to back down from someone that then you just look like a huge bitch. So, I mean, like, yeah, you can you can say, like, no instigating fights. But if someone someone drops them with you, what are you going to do? Just sit there like that? You can't do that. So, I mean, but I, I definitely think that they should say something to him. Hey, man, you, you really got to stay healthy. We really need you um, if, you know, if we're going to go anywhere at some point. I don't think that they're going to say, hey, no fighting. It's going to happen. Things are going to pop up. Has he shown more restraint since he's come back? I would say yes. He's gotten involved in a little bit of tuffles out there, but tussles, I'm sorry. Should... He's been involved in what now? Tussles. Yeah, tussles. You said tussles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read something and said that. Whatever. Anyways, he. I think he's shown restraint the way that he should. However, in saying that, he also did the same thing last season after he returned and was seeming to be, you know, smarter, and then wasn't. So it's. Uh, I think they're in a wait and see. They know that things can happen. I think with what we saw or have seen with Larkin this year and the way that he's cut back on penalties, he's not getting into the dumb shit that maybe Mantha will take that. Yeah. Larkin's cut his, his penalty minutes by what? Like 30. Oh yeah. He's down. He's cut him in half. Cause I think at this point last year, he was already over 80 or 90 or something like that. If I remember seeing that correctly. And he's at what? 39 or 40, like 45, something like that. It's really low in comparison to what he's typically at. So it's, it's interesting and we just got to hope for the best with Mantha right now, because I think he's going to be worth what they decide to pay him. It's just how much will that actually be? And I think the way that I hope, and we've talked about this before that Larkin Larkin set the precedent of taking that discount to make sure that they can bring in guys and sign guys the way they need to. Well, the core, the core players discount. Yeah, because they're no, they know they want to be together in there for the long run, but mm-hmm. they need to help the team in order to do it. Now, it's not that I guess imperative now that we've got a ton of cap flexibility, but it would still be nice to get them. Like I said, I think Manth is probably going to get a five year contract, 
in the realm of the six, six and a half million, kind of like, I don't know if he'll go higher than Larkin, but I think he'll be in the same range. If that's what they land him for, I'd be damn impressed. You think he's going to get way more? I I would say he's around seven to eight. And you don't think that Iserman will go to him and say, look, you, we don't know what you would have done in an entire season because you were out for most of it. Right. And he, ha- he has nothing. He has no leg to stand on in that sense. Exactly. That's the argument. But I still think he's going to garner possibly closer to seven. And the reason I say if you land him at seven for five years, I don't think you're that it's a bad idea. Okay. Because of, because of what he could potentially do from what we have seen the last year and a half of, of him playing hockey, the man can friggin' score and he's going to, he can skate. He's finally playing a little bit of defense more than what we're accustomed to, but he's not afraid to throw the body. He is Franz in 2.0, but better. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, he's a better goal scorer than Franz in either way. Well, I mean, I, I, I think he'll be worth seven million a year. I would say he's more consistent than Franz was. Oh yeah. But he's not. Franzen, well, Franzen well, did it when it counted, though. He also reminds me a lot of Franzen the way he plays, but that's not really here nor there. Yeah, I, I would say if, if you're if you're thinking of paying Mantha, I mean, it's a good idea. I think anything over six point seven is an overpayment. But you just pull that number out of your ass. Sounded I, no, I was going to say 6.5, but 6.7, because anything over that, I think, is a, a bit of an overpayment. Honestly, anything over 7 is an overpayment for me, especially the fact that, you know, he hasn't been healthy, really, and, um, you know, there has been dry spells for him as well. Like, I, I just don't know where he has any leg to stand on or ever, any leverage there. So I would just say that, I mean, they could give him a bridge deal, they could also give him a long-term deal, and I guess if you overpay, then that's fine. I don't think he'd take a bridge because he's currently on one. I think if you overpay, then that's fine, I guess, just to, to buy out the free agency. Not totally, obviously, but you know what I mean. Yeah. We don't I have to look since at... Since back, he's had 13 points in the game since he's, he's returned, and that's obviously including the four-point game that he had the other night against Tampa along with Burt, which, what, what was the stat? That was the first dual four-point game for Red Wings since Nyquist and Franzen did it in 2014. Sounds yep. sounds about right. I think that's what it was. It was but the Nyquist and Franzen, I was like, oh, it's so sad. But it's it, it seems so appropriate that it was Nyquist and Franzen and then Bert and Mantha because of the roles that each of those guys played at that time in 14 versus now. Like it's almost identical to how you would it would it came together. It was just kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, if we look at the season stats of our top line, I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi's having himself a hell of a season with uh, with how bad the team has been and how he's been shuffled. The last half of the season's been shuffled around through different lines every now and then. So last season, he played 73 games and had 47 points. This season, he has 47 points at 70 games. So uh, Bert, I mean, he's better than what he was last season he's better like we've said in the past than I think anyone ever thought he would be and and I think I don't think you can say he's not really a top line guy I mean on this team he's definitely a top line guy he's definitely Mm -hmm. one of your best players but because of his net front presence and and like you said he's one of the best uh puck tippers in the league 
I mean, he's he's your go-to there on the top line. So 47 points in 70 games. Dylan Larkin has picked it up as of late. He went through a stretch where he wasn't really getting any points, but that's because the Red Wings weren't really getting any goals. So it's hard to get points without putting the puck in the net. But in 70 games, Larks has 53 points, 19 goals, 34 assists. So that's kind of even on this bad team when you lose your scoring winger. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are good numbers for being on a terrible team and and losing your scoring. Like, I don't think there's really much else you could ask because Larkin, as been stated several times previously, is not really a goal scorer. He's never been touted as an elite goal scorer. Of course, he will score them, but that's not his specialty. Larks is a setup guy. Larks is a playmaker, uh, as evident by the 34 assists on what the 45 goals we've gotten this entire season. So Larkin's probably assisted. I know for a fact Larkin has assisted in over 50% of the Red Wings goals this season, but it's well to put it this way, the combined, I mean, I didn't look at their assists, but Bert has nine points, Larkin 13, Mantha 13 since Mantha returned from injury. So yeah, I didn't look at anyone else. I was just curious what those three were at because they've been playing together the most. So um, I mean, the first couple games was right toward the deadline, so there wasn't a whole lot of going, a whole lot going on. But they've picked it up since then. Honestly, I think the team has been better since the deadline, other than those two games right after. Yeah, the, the yeah. depression after after the Wild game. I think they've kind of oh shit, like we should probably you know play hockey. Yeah, have some but fucking pride after but they the, cried the, about Athanasiu together. Yeah, exactly. That top line has come together and they're playing, like we said, how we expected them to, how they started the season, how they ended the season. I think it was uh Mick on the broadcast mentioned how they, how Bert and Mantha really picked it up to close out the year. And they seem to be hitting that extra level again right now. Yeah. So you've got, uh, I'll just repeat it. Larkin 70 games played 53 points. Now, Mantha, at 42 games played because of his injury, has 37 points. And again, he had that four-point game against Tampa. And it's, like you said, if Mantha, if he wasn't injured, probably would have been a over a point-per-game player. Which, because there are nights where, so he might not pick up a point one night, but then the next game he's going to pick up two or he's going to pick up three. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, if you break it down simply of 36 through 42, he's pacing for 70, 70 points. However, I think the way he started the season, he was pacing. Well, he was well over a point per game until he got hurt. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at one point he was trending that towards could be a stretch, but I, I know that he was damn close to that. Yeah. At one point he was trending toward uh, like 43. If it would have kept going, would have been like 43 goals on the season, which mm-hmm. is also really impressive. But like we said, uh, not a team like this, especially yes. Yeah, and we'll, yeah. Like we said, though, he's he's got to if he can keep his injuries down and he can play a full season, like he played a full season in 2017-18. Or no, he was two games off a full season in 2017-18. But after that, he he hasn't touched 70 games. So we need him next season in a full season, and mm-hmm. and the team Iserman even said it. And I don't, I don't remember which interview it was in, but he said this team is going to look uh, pretty different come next season. So that's kind of hinting at maybe he has a, a few more changes planned 
then well, we like, I mean look at all that to me that tells me he's not re-signing guys well yeah yep. but but to say it's gonna look a lot different you're not gonna resign I mean it looked different this season because you picked up Ernie and you picked up Perlini and you traded for Fabry and you got Comrie Phil for Paul three games Philip was back so what else are you planning on doing so what do well, you gonna- he also now has a better clear understanding of what he has in his system and what he has on the NHL roster and like the potential of some of these players and 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 he's seen some of the people in, in the or everybody in the organization operate he's probably evaluated what he likes at this point and what he doesn't like and i'm sure there's going to be major changes i'm not sure what those changes are but i'm sure there's going to be some major changes there on Woodward. I think the the major some of the major things you do, like we've mentioned it a few times, maybe you buy out a Franz Nielsen who really only hurts your cap for two years and then he costs you six hundred and sixty six thousand. Maybe in but a more have the flexibility to do that too. Yeah. Maybe in a more extreme move you buy out Justin Ablocator. Now that hurts your cap more, but maybe you wave a Justin Ablocator and you send him to Grand Rapids. I mean, there's there's options with turn the it into team. an Erickson deal. <laughs> yeah, there's where he's he's expendable, but you still use him in that 13th forward position if absolutely necessary. They definitely with this. I mean, obviously they have a ton of cap space now, and and obviously some players to pay. But at the when push comes to shove, they they have to get they have to get creative if they want to make this five year window. Like kind of like what we've talked about, um, you know, want to make the playoffs in the next couple of years. They kind of have to get creative and they have to kind of speed things up without, you know, jeopardizing the the big plan and the big future. Well, yeah, without getting rid of without the, getting stupid. Well, yeah, without getting rid of the pieces, you know, you need to build around. Yep. But it's it, I think this off season is going to be one of the most interesting off seasons we've had in a while, because I think you may see some some draft trades. I think you may see some uh, moving back. I think Iserman would love to move back up into the first round if he can. And we have the picks to do it. I think you might see him ship off an RFA for a couple picks because we're not, uh, I don't know which one, but I know we're not going to be signing all of them because do you think that happens as a draft day trade? That's yeah. That's what he was saying. I think you're, 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 you left for the buzzer, so you missed it. But yeah, I, said, I did miss that. I apologize. Yeah, I think there are going to be some some draft day trades to get some picks, just moving some of the RFAs because there's and they've no, got enough picks to work with too. Yeah, there's no way to to bring them all back and have the team be any better. I don't think. No, no. I think the ones that you'd absolutely keep though, you and I apologize if you did just say this, is you keep Fabry or Fabry oh, of and you keep Gagne. I think you resign Gagne if you can. If you, if you can. If you can. But, uh, if he wants to be back. Yeah, if he doesn't want to go to a contender, if he's not worried I about it. Could likely see. Or yeah, he that accepts guy plays fate. on some fucking terrible teams. I really... <laughs> I, I, like, that guy gets the shit end of the stick everywhere he goes. You know, he played on Edmonton when they were terrible. He's played on the Flyers when they were terrible. Like, he, he is... I don't... I, has that guy been on a, a winning team in his career? I mean, he was with this Edmonton, Edmonton this year. This he year? went to Columbus I mean? out of hope to try when they were supposed to be that first year of awesome, which was in 15 when I was living down there. Yep. And that Sam Gagne. And then he got 
Yeah, and then he got traded, I believe, out to Vancouver, who was in their rebuild process. Yep. He's a journeyman. Play on a winning team, and he's a good player. I, I've always that's the key thing is that he player. is a good player, and he's just had shit luck. Yeah. That's where I think that he could be like, "Fuck it, I'm over it. Let's just play some hockey." And he signs with the Wings for two years. If you're looking at it, Sam Gagne, Edmonton from 2007 to 2014. Those were the dog did they, days. Of did the they draft him? Uh, yeah. So uh, he was their sixth round pick then. Arizona in 2014-2015. Philadelphia in 2015-2016. Which I think they might have made the playoffs that year. But he went to, lost to Washington in the first round. He they sent him to the AHL. Um, oh, so he didn't, didn't even play really? for the Flyers. Then. He played for the Flyers for 53 games. Played for Lehigh Valley for nine. Then he went to Columbus in 2016-2017. Which was the shit year that they were. That's the year they fired their coach and brought in um, Torts. Then he played for Vancouver in 1718 and 1819. Oh, wait, no. He played for Vancouver in 1718. He played for the Marlies in the beginning of 1819 and then for the Canucks in 1819. The Are Oilers. The in, yeah. The Oilers in 18. So in 2018 19, uh, he what? played for, for three different teams the Marlies, the oh, Canucks, God. and the Oilers. Oh God, that is crazy. This uh, guy's been on some fucking then, terrible teams. Then oh, uh, this season, he's played for Bakersfield, for Edmonton, and for Detroit. So yeah, he's gotten the 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 short end of the stick in pretty much every situation he's ever been in. But like we've said previously, he's put up some pretty decent seasons for for the teams that he's been on, and and he's looked good in Detroit, like we said last podcast. I don't think, yeah, he's not showing us anything that you you wouldn't have expected. Yeah. Which is what blows my mind is how he hasn't just made it, essentially. <laughs> well, just sign with like a team like, I don't know, Boston or one of the, not the uh, Bruins specifically, but like, like no, but he probably fits in like a Washington situation or like a, I don't yeah. know, a, a, a Vancouver now. Like, you don't think he'd be a. Uh, they'd be a better player with him as the fourth line center or third line center. Oh, they would be. Uh, I think. So. I don't know. I he's 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 a pretty good player. There's a lot of players like that that get the short end of the stick. Radim Verbato was another one. Remember? Him? Uh, Robbie Fabry. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Robbie Fabry. But, but, Fabry was due to his situation. <laughs> Fabry I know, was also hurt a lot. He couldn't stay like, healthy. It was an career. unknown. Yeah. He did help the team when he actually was healthy, but. It was could he stay healthy? And when he now that he has, it's been like, oh, well, hello, Fleece. Well, yeah, well, that's you. I think most that's people a, had the 50 50. Yeah, most people had the idea that Robbie Fabry would be what he is, but because of the injury, you never saw it fully develop. True. I think we're just scratching the surface of what Robbie Fabry is capable hey, of. Hey, if we are and he's going to be a wing long term, absolutely. Because if that just so happens to be a diamond in the rough trade for Jacob De La Rose, and now you add him to this core team moving forward, especially because he's he's only 23, correct? Yep. I yeah, think yeah. you could Your see goal. him being what Nyquist should have been. Well, you mean what Nyquist is now? Yeah. No, like what we thought. No, 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 no. Like what we the thought. The goal scorer, you mean? Was, yes, yes. What we now, thought is that Nyquist only because of his number? No, no, <laughs> no. The number might have something to do with it. 
But I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm just saying that maybe that's why it reminded me a little bit of him. But like, I mean, that's fair to say. We thought that. Nyquist was going to be a thirty goal scorer year in and year out. A lot of people did. Same I with mean, Tatar. I did. Yeah, Tatar is the same way. Yeah. They just yeah. they, it never clicked, and I don't get it. Maybe I mean, I think it was coaching. I think it was coaching systems. came on the pod on our podcast back in the day. And he said something about Nyquist in that year that he went off was um, his shooting percentage was like insane. So it's in a sense, he was very lucky that the puck was going in. And so then, you know, the next year he, he had a down year and that it just kind of started to slip that way. And he, he became more of a, a, a you know, an assist guy. And, and you know, he, when he shot the puck, he barely ever shot it and when he did shot hit the goalie right in the chest so you think to that point with what greg was just saying where you think it came down to the coaching is he was told not to shoot the puck and to pass it because we're going back toward the babcock years and knowing what we do now about the bullshit that he put players through that he was telling them hey you're not here to score goals yeah but that's a that see that's a possibility but like at the end of the day like watch even watching him with san jose last year he still doesn't shoot the puck no, I think he's, it's ingrained in him now. He's done it for so long. Yeah, but I also don't think he was the goal scorer that we all thought he was going to be. No, you know? but I think he's shown flashes more so with Columbus this season. And I think he's really hit his stride under Tortorella, which if you've noticed, a lot of players end up getting that. Yep. Yeah, sure do. Yeah, and I think we can we can end the podcast with Robbie Fabry so that I okay. put out as my contract guesses part of that Fabry I I feel like you could give him maybe a a four million over three years, just as a bridge deal to take see, him to the prime years to see if he can repeat one to step up his defense, yeah. and two to see if he can repeat what he he's done here this season, and and stay injury I like free. I four check to that point. I I do, but to say injury free for an entire season, Kinda to like to work on your defense over the summer because he has had some defensive lapses and mm-hmm. to continue scoring like he's been scoring. Because I think if you pick up a, if, if halfway through next year, Valeno comes in or you miss out on the first pick and you end up with a Quentin Byfield Oof, and your, and your second Worst. line is uh Fabry Byfield Zadina. That's yeah. So you've got two Damn. really good lines there, but you have young you, players in Zadina and Byfield that you're relying on to play that two way game. You do, but which Byfield does have that, and Zadina, and Zadina showed, does shown that he can do that. Absolutely, Zadina so I guess has. That's where you can, yeah, Zadina has shown kind of the the very nice two way game. Uh, defensive oh, yeah. game that he can play. So if you've got if Fabry can work on his defense, then you've got two defensively sound players, and you pick up a Byfield, which at that point would be a, a wild card because you don't know how he's going to do at the NHL level. But you like six four. He's a bigger Byfield? guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like he's huge. Yeah. So you pick up a guy like that, and you can maybe make up for some of his lapses. For, with two guys that are more defensively sound, kind of like what oh. we what we hoped uh, would happen with Athens CU. Are we just giving up on the fact that they still 
potentially could get Alex Lafreniere. They could, is but that, we, that, we're not going to go for it. I'm not going to just put all my eggs into that basket. And yeah, but like, I'm not, oh, not going to give up on it. Why would you? Well, give no, up? no, you don't give up on it, but I'm not going to expect it. I'll be happier if it does happen, but I'm also realistic in the sense that it likely isn't going to happen. Yeah. How often has the actual worst team got the top pick? Not as often as you would hope they would. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I think I really don't know. So that's why I was not asking. to be a conspiracy theorist. And I, oh, I saw boy. someone, someone pretty high up, right? This actually now, not no high, like up? In, in high up in what I think it might've been an athletic article. Oh. I don't remember exactly who it was. And, and so don't quote me that it was definitely an athletic article, but I you think I've already set yourself see, down that path. <laughs> I think the league would rather see a team like Detroit be back before a team like Arizona or a team like, I don't know, Minnesota or one of those teams. But yeah, ideally they would want that. Of course. I mean, you don't think some lotteries are rigged? Well, we we can go into the Oilers four years in a row or whatever it was, three years in a row. Austin Matthews to the Leafs. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm not saying that they're they're, they're looking, oh, we got to give it to Detroit, but you never know. Hey, if your voodoo conspiracy bullshit comes true, then I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> and I will end with this. Tyler. What? Quentin Byfield kind of looks like you. Oh, is that is that right? Well, Mickey Redmond, when I met <laughs> Mickey Redmond, told me that I looked like double A. So I guess that was kind of a compliment. A yeah, way. yeah. And Quentin Byfield really kind of looks like double A. It's really weird. Like Google Google Illumina. a picture of Quentin Byfield. It's hilarious. Is that some Illuminati type shit? I I don't know. It might be Ty- Tyler. Does say that he plays hockey. Maybe Tyler is secretly Quentin Byfield. I'm gonna drop quite, quite well actually. I will drop a picture in the Discord for you guys to look at. Tell me that does not look like Tyler. Oh god! It's, it's like if Tyler <laughs> and Athanasiu mated. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is the outcome. Byfield is an Athanasiu and Tyler hybrid. Hybrid. There we go. So it's kind of creepy. So if if the Wings do draft Quentin Byfield, uh, that means I have to get the jersey, right? Yeah, and you have to get a picture with him. No, people will think you're Quentin Byfield. Oh, we are doing that. (laughs) Fantastic. Oh man! All right, so I'm gonna get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off. Traveling Yagers, except for the traveling Byfield. (laughs) Dear God, that'd be amazing. (laughs) Let's get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off. Go ahead, Tyler. I'm folding jeans. Apparently, I look like Quentin Byfield, so that means (laughs) the Wings have to draft him now. So the Lafreniere sweepstakes is now over. The Wings are gonna get by. Let's go for number two. God. Let's let's just hope it's Tim Stutzel and we'll go from there, right? Because expect the worst and hope for the best. Or Marco so, Rossi. Or I mean, Marco I'm not mad Rossi. about any of those four guys. I'm honestly not upset about. I would Lafreniere, but whatever. I mean, Stutzel would be cool because you have the German connection with him and Insider, and you know, whatever. But my final thoughts are actually for for the first time in a while, I've felt positive to actually wear a Red Wing shirt today to the gym so uh, that's a definitely a positive and someone asked me they're like oh you're a red wings fan it must be tough i'm like yeah it's tough but uh it must be tough losing to tampa bay the other night and then we beat them so fuck you (laughs) 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 no those are my final thoughts ryan can't wait to get to fucking to michigan for the last game closer 
yeah, it's getting closer. Greg, we'll see you. My buddy Boston Ryan is coming coming along. Boston Seals is coming along. So we'll be there for the last game of the year. Everybody meet up with us. Fucking, we, we, we would love to meet people, right, Greg? Right, we, Ryan? We love oh, meeting of people. Of course we do. Fantastic times. There's alcohol involved. I couldn't be happier because everything's just kind of a blur. At that I, point. I don't meet people when alcohol is not involved. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, true. yeah, I can't can't really go against that. Uh, but Ryan, let's get your final thoughts. My final thoughts are pretty much all the same shit that I've said before. Good. Let's have fun. You're done. We now. are having fun. You stop that. I'm not done. <laughs> We're having fun. It's actually enjoyable. They may suck. They've won two in a row. We can be on cloud nine, especially because it was against the Blackhawks for one of those wins. So Fuck suck Chicago. it, Chicago. And other than that, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just keep watching hockey and supporting the team. That's all they can ask for. And also just do a quick shout out. I know that they don't listen to this anyways, but the Red Wings social media team has been fantastic lately, yeah. at least with a lot of the people that we follow. They've been interactive to no end. They've been sending out free stuff, whether it be tickets or sign gear. And it just kind of speaks to hockey town and the Red Wings and how yeah. even for such a hellish season, it's still great to be a Red Wings fan. So be nice to them. Yeah, absolutely. The so players final, don't the players don't run the account and the coaches don't run the account. People that applied for that job run the account. So if you're yelling at them, you're yelling at people that are doing a job. You're not yelling at the team. So stop. You can yell, just don't at them. Don't yeah. at the Twitter handle because they're not the people that have influence. Now, they may be able to influence like what we saw with our, our colleagues over at the Wing Wheel Pod where it just so happened that he got his daughter to meet. Um, Mika got to meet Athanasiu that night at the Wings game via tagging the, the Wings Twitter. So it's stuff like that that you want to do it for, not because you're pissed off at a, at a lineup change. All right, so I'm gonna give my final <laughs> thoughts. I don't have time, so you can you can. At <laughs> least we have Steve Eisenman making decisions, not Al Avila. Yeah. Uh, so what? so you can you can follow me <laughs> online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow Tyler at Steel Dog ninety one, and you can follow Ryan at RD Ryan. 33? Yes, right? without the capital R like you always put it on. I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but uh, you can follow the Grindline podcast online at Grindline Pod. Uh, you can find our podcast anywhere you can find podcasts, really. I mean, I don't think the only place we're not really on is SoundCloud because I'm not an independent rapper that doesn't have any money. So uh, we're on wow. <laughs> most major podcast networks. I don't even know uh, what that means, but damn, you just you, went right for the dagger to close out. You can... Uh, so if you go to howiesHockeyTape.com and use promo code GRINDLINE through online order, you get 10% off. Use the same promo code on Bring Hockey Back to get 12% off. And we'd also like to shout out Founders, who is the official beer of the GRINDLINE podcast. But that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.